0: On this episode of Wilderness Club, people are always trying to fill that hole with something, Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that what they're really trying to fix is their separation from their Creator.
1: You're listening to Wilderness Club, a podcast exploring hidden treasures of the Word of God. We are James and Brooke, and we discuss how our own experiences interweave with God's plan for all His children in seasons of both wilderness and rest. My Bible study just started a new series called Growing Strong in God's Family, and our very first memory verse that we have to recite to each other is um, the assurance of salvation, which is a promise that God has to us concerning salvation. And this is 1 John five eleven and 12. <laughs> and this, and I'm gonna, I, I know it. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. That sounds simple enough, right? So if we kind of think about all the things that we've talked about over all of these episodes, some people might be saying, well, I like kind of what you're talking about. It it seems like You have peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. You know, I want those things. How do I obtain those things? First of all, we really don't have them. It's through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Anything good coming from us is only by God and um, through his power. But back when we talked about one of my favorite chosen episodes, which is the Nicodemus at night episode, season one, episode seven, where Nicodemus, um, one of the rulers of the Jewish people, uh, a religious ruler, and Jesus are having a private conversation. and At least they think
0: it's private, and then it becomes the most (laughs) recited verse in all of history.
1: John is potentially overhearing the conversation that's happening, and he records it. And what he records is Jesus saying to Nicodemus, John 3.16, which is, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so with that being said, we kind of have an analogy, right?
0: Yeah, we have an analogy for Salvation. salvation. And the analogy is kind of about... The availability of salvation. Okay.
1: Um, oh, that's right. It's a. It's more of a story.
0: Right. It's not so much an analogy of, uh, like, a picture of what salvation looks like. If you want an analogy of that, I suggest reading or watching *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. Mm. I think that depiction of of sacrifice and oh, dying yes. for the sins of others is. Perfectly illustrated there
1: so we let's say it plainly, so aslan
0: so Aslan the lion um he represents Jesus in the in the book in the movie, one of the four children has betrayed the other children, and because of this he his he owes his his life now he should be killed um for what he has done by the queen, by the evil queen and so the
1: queen would represent Satan. Right. And the children, which I love in the movie and in the book, Aslan calls them...
0: Sons of Adam and Daughters of of Eve. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then Aslan comes and he says to her, they're mine and I'm going to stand in their place and you can kill me instead. And she thinks that she has won and she... um, The queen. The queen. she... Uh, shaves off his mane and shames him and does these awful things to him just like Jesus was beaten and mocked and then she kills him and everyone is sad and she thinks that she has won but then it turns out that he is more powerful than what, what she, she has anticipated done mm-hmm. and he comes back from the dead and he then comes back and defeats her, and that's what Jesus does for us. He he comes on and he says, they have done evil, they have done wrong, they have sinned against God, and Satan has dominion, dominion over. over them, and he has a right to them because of what they've done, and he says, but I love them too much to allow that to happen. There needs to be a payment for their sin. I am going to be the payment for their sin. And because Jesus is perfect, because he never sinned, he was able to take all of our sin onto himself. And he was crucified and killed and buried. And then three days later, he rose from the dead Mm -hmm. and he defeated death. Mm -hmm. And he took our sin with him.
1: And that can be found in um, 1 Corinthians 15.3 through six and also in the gospels, mm-hmm. uh toward the end of the gospels.
0: So that piece of history that happened, I, I hate to say the word story because it makes it seem like it's mm-hmm. fiction, but that thing that actually happened is called the gospel. And why
1: would that be good news?
0: It's good news because that means that everyone on earth, every single person every single person can take that free gift from Jesus and accept it as their own and have their sins washed through the sacrifice of Jesus.
1: And I think um, something that we discussed after church last week was talking about sort of the human sort of instinct that there's something more or there's something missing in our lives. And throughout all of history— there has always been a God that civilization believes in. Mm -hmm. And whether it's God, the God of Israel, or uh, other gods or God-type thing, we know in the depth of our being that we have been created. Right, there is a creator. There is a creator behind this creation.
0: There is a creator, and we have a separation from that creator because of our sin, because of the sin that came into the world when the very first sin happened with Adam and Eve. We have a permanent separation between us and God that there's nothing that we can do to to fix that gap between us. And so we are born with this longing in our heart to fix that in some way. And we don't know, I think... that's what we're trying to do. People are always trying to fill that hole with something Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that what they're really trying to fix is their separation from their creator. Mm. And so the good news is that that hole, that separation is able to be fixed immediately with the blood of Jesus. Right. And so that's why it's good news.
1: And um, the other thing that we sort of recognized in our conversation last week was that that we know that there we have this this feeling um this sort of instinct or whatever you want to call it that there is something more than just this life mm-hmm. that there is something after this life right. you know for thousands upon thousands of years people talk about the afterlife and um even the ancient Egyptians and, you know, talk about the afterlife and what happens and what is it? Well, obviously, Greek mythology mm-hmm. and is it Norwegian? What is it? The Vikings? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> talk so, about... So,
0: so everyone innately, at some point in their being, whether they choose to acknowledge it or not, but somewhere in every person's being, there is this um, innate sense of there being a creator mm-hmm. and there being an afterlife. Right. And the bad news is that society leads people to believe that in order to have a happy afterlife, what you need to do is be a good person. And mm-hmm. if you're a good enough person, you'll have a happy afterlife. And that is not the case right. but the good news is that jesus is a good person and <laughs> jesus covers all of our sins and accepting his payment is what we do to receive well and that jesus afterlife. is
1: perfect right jesus was sinless and so that is the only person who could fulfill the requirement that was put into place, the law of God, right. and be able to bridge that gap between our sin and the righteousness and mm-hmm. holiness of mm-hmm. God, because God is holy. He, he, We were separated from him because he is holy and he cannot dwell with sin. Right. And, um,
0: it's not that, that God has just chosen like, Ooh, I don't like their sin. I just don't want it around me. It's more about God's nature versus our nature and God's nature. It's like two, um, you know, two poles on a magnet. Like you can't force, you know, these two sides together because they are repelled from each other. And that's the way God is with sin, that God is holy and our sin is, pushing us in the complete opposite direction from him.
1: And the amazing thing is that it says in God's word that actually his love for us, God's love for us through Jesus's sacrifice completely annihilates those two contradicting poles. Right. Um, Where does it say that in?
0: Romans 9, maybe?
1: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Letter to the Romans. There we go. Oh, nothing can separate us from God's love. You were right. It's eight. (laughs) Nine, eight. Yeah, you didn't say eight. No, not nine, eight. Oh. It's eight. (laughs) Yeah, and Romans 8.38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor demon, nor neither fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love no power in the sky or above no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of god that is revealed in jesus christ our lord
0: so that section is saying that nothing can separate us from god's love we are separated from his presence because of our sin, but he never stops loving us. Even our sin can't get in the way of him loving us. And so because he loves us so much, he has grace for us. And he sent Christ to earth by his grace to die in our place.
1: And um, just to kind of go back a little bit, it talks in that verse about not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So we know that, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Basically, I am the way,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: I am one way. I am a way. I am the way, the way to truth, the way to life, life being eternally. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're all headed after death in one or two. One of two. One of two places right. either hell or eternal life heaven
0: so we started this off with you asking me about that analogy right. and i want to i want to get back and to that and so analogy.
1: speaking of destinations right
0: speaking of destinations i want to get back to that analogy that all of that that we just spoke about is the gospel is is the good news and is about where salvation comes from and The thing that really spoke to me about the availability of that salvation, I think that describes it so well, is a friend of mine was teaching church a while ago, and...
1: (laughs) Church? Sorry. (laughs) I just thought of turd, and then... Okay. Sorry. We'll
0: keep that in. (laughs) A friend of mine was teaching church um, a few times ago. A friend of mine... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. A few units of time ago, a friend of mine was teaching a while ago and gave this story, and it, I thought it was so perfect. He talked about how his family they lived over on the east coast of Florida, and they all went to Orlando for a family member's wedding, and they all piled in the car, which is
1: only about an hour, only a hour couple and a hours away.
0: away. So they all piled in the car, drove to Orlando for this wedding had the wedding, attended the ceremony and the reception, did the whole thing. And then the next day, they got in their car and they drove home. And then a while later, they were talking to someone else who had been in town for the wedding, an aunt or a cousin or somebody like that. And they said, oh, how come you didn't go to Disney World while you were in Orlando? And his parents said, well, you know, we've got a lot of kids and We can't really afford for all of us to go to Disney World. So we just went home and, and uh, yeah, we we just couldn't afford it. And the person they were talking to said, yeah, but everyone who was in town for the wedding had a ticket to go to Disney World. They didn't realize that as a gift to everyone who attended the wedding, they had provided tickets to Disney World for everyone who attended the wedding and they missed out on it because they didn't. They never heard that. They didn't get that piece of information. They didn't
1: get that piece of good news. They
0: didn't get the good news about Disney World, and they drove home. And that analogy, you know, when you look at the picture of salvation, it's the same way. Jesus died for everyone. It's a free gift for every single living person on earth if they accept the ticket. If they say, I want to go. Then they get to go. So I used to think that it was like when you decided to follow Jesus, when you decided to give your life to him, then your sins were put on him, and then he took him to the cross and he he died for your censor. Or your your life was written in the in the ledger at that point. This person has given their life and so now their sins are accounted for. But that's not really the way it works. The way it the, what what happened was when Jesus went to the cross, he put on every single sin that would ever that had ever happened or that would ever happen in the future. whether or not somebody said, I wanted my sins to go on Jesus, he took all of them and he took the thief's sins, he took the murderer's sins, he took the liars sins, he took the fibbers sins. He took every sin, big and small, every single sin he took to the cross. And it is all paid for.
1: And that's interesting that you say it that way. I never thought of it that way because it says that your name was blotted out of the book of Mm -hmm. life. Well, if it was blotted out, then it had to have been written in. Right. So at the time that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Every single person's name was written.
0: In my favorite movie of all time, Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. there's a scene when the character played by Annie McDowell right. says to Bill Murray's character.
1: Ugh, I hate fudge. No, that's not what she says. Oh, okay.
0: Um, she says, I bought you. I own you. And that's the way Jesus is <laughs> with us. He bought us with his blood and he owns us. (laughs) Jesus paid for all sins. And.
1: Well, wait. So, a little bit better analogy than Groundhog Day that I thought of, still on the Disney analogy. So, what made. When you told that story, what I thought of was the Disney movie Newsies. And in that movie, There's these really, really poor, homeless, most of them orphan newsboys who end up getting arrested and are standing in front of the judge in a courtroom. And the judge is listing off the things that they did wrong and they're trying to defend themselves. But he is he's saying, well, you can't pay this penalty. You're going to have to go to jail and the guy Denton I don't know who he's played by Bill Pullman Okay Bill Pullman he
0: he's a reporter for the newspaper
1: Right he stands up and he says I'll pay for the fine and the judge says well all of them have done something wrong and Denton says I'll pay for everyone I'll you know pay the cost for everyone and then he ends up Taking all of the newsboys out to lunch. So not only does he pay their debt, which they those kids could have never paid, they would have had to go to actually I think they like kid jail. So like a detention juvie. Yeah. And and um he takes them to a nice diner and gets them a yummy meal. So and instead he's of like,
0: incarceration. Right. They get dessert.
1: Right. So that I kind of view Denton as like Jesus saying, like, I will pay the penalty for all these people. And not only will I pay the penalty that these kids could never, ever pay, I also want to have a relationship with them. I want to sit down, pay for their meal as I get to know them. and I want to bless them. I not only want to pay their debt, but I want to bless them with a meal. I want to fill them. I want to satisfy their need and maybe their want, their desire. And I want to have a relationship with them, a personal relationship.
0: And so many of us are walking around in the courtroom and we think that there's no way we're going to pay the fine. We, We actually don't even realize that we owe a fine. We're just Wandering around in the courtroom and thinking, "Oh, I might someday get to be a, to go to a diner if I'm a good person." And a really good analogy for that is, "Oh, um, I wasn't
1: saying like the diner's heaven."
0: No, the diner's not necessarily heaven, but oh, okay. But we we're all headed for prison, every right. single one of us, right. whether we know it or not. And
1: and it's a lifetime sentence.
0: It is a lifetime sentence, and I heard a pastor teach one time about how if you go to the judge for a speeding ticket right and you say yes i was going 70 in a 45 but every other time that i've driven i've gone the speed limit the the judge isn't going to go oh you you went the speed limit all the other times okay then never mind we'll just rip up this <laughs> ticket the judge is going to go well no you still you you broke, broke the, law. the law and that's the way A lot of people are walking around today. They're walking around the world like, I'm a good person. Yeah, I've done some bad stuff, but I'm a good person.
1: And actually, that goes along with what the kids' memory verse was this week, which was Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, so it has nothing to do with how good you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. It's completely, you are saved by having faith in Jesus Christ. And then it continues on, uh, it is a gift of God. So like what you were saying, a free gift, not a result of works, not anything that you did, so that no one may boast. And then the judge.
0: Right. The judge is sitting in heaven and saying, well, no, you you still, you still broke the law. Right. And there needs to be a payment for this. Right. And also, I love you so much that I'm going to provide that payment. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is say, I admit that I have done wrong, mm-hmm. and I admit that I need that payment, mm-hmm. and I accept that payment for my sins. And then God comes running to you with open arms to embrace you and say welcome now let me take you to a cool diner Mm -hmm. to have some dessert Mm
1: -hmm. and get to know you
0: and also get to
1: know you and we talk about at the beginning or I'm sorry at the end of every episode we kind of give an invitation to join the club and so Right now, um, I want to extend that invitation over this uh, episode, and first want to read from John 14:2. Jesus says, "In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you." So as we talked about the gift. Of eternal life, of salvation, of going to heaven is a free gift that is given to anyone who wants to accept it. And no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what you've thought you would do, or what has happened to you in your life. It is a free gift. And the word says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we're cleansed from all unrighteousness, what does that mean? That means we're made righteous. We're actually made righteous. And that's by the covering of Jesus's blood over our lives
0: It means that that sin that's in our life that's separating us from God, that that sin that is pushing us away from him is erased. And it even says in the Word that God doesn't even remember the sin anymore. It is completely erased.
1: And so Jesus says, again, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So I want to... Lead us in a prayer right now. If you want to take this free gift, if you want uh, a hope and a future, let's pray this together right now. Lord God, we come before you, and I confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and that Jesus is the way to heaven. And I want to confess that I need a Savior. I need to be cleansed of my sins, to be forgiven. I need Jesus to do those things. And so I ask that he comes into my life right now, makes his home in me so that I may be right with you again. Thank you, In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer with us just now, we want to say, welcome to the family. Welcome to the club. We are so thankful for you, and we're excited to see the future and the hope that the Lord places in your life and we want to say also that he has so many promises to fulfill in you, and we're so excited for you, and that you are joining us on this adventure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wilderness Club. We invite you to find us at wildernessclub.co, that's calm without the M, where you can get in touch with us to ask questions, learn more about our faith, and who we are we invite you to join the club.